Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. My next guest needs no introduction. Christine Flowers, award-winning columnist and broadcaster. You see her on uh, 6ABC on the Sunday morning political shows. And has some great headlines lately, what what Christine Flowers agrees with Kamala Harris about. <laughs> wow, that's a great headline. <laughs> and I love some of your some of your headlines. I was like, what? I, I love you, Don. I did not write that headline. <laughs> I, did not write. I saw that headline and my blood ran cold. I said, oh my God. I was. I emailed the editor. I said, "Who wrote that headline?" See, like, no. The Daily Times <laughs> editor was smart, though. They got all of our attention, even yours. Kind of you know, surprised you. Yeah, Christine well, doesn't write the, the editor, headlines, people. I, I don't. I don't. I love. I love my editor. He's actually a, a really fabulous person. Um, but no, I did not write that headline. Never in a million. If you, if it was a choice between writing that headline and having Spears you know, plunged through my eyeballs, I would take the fears because I did not, I don't agree on anything. What I think what they were trying to do was they were trying to synthesize the theme of uh, yesterday's column, which was that I, I, I disagree with the way that Kamala spun racism out of something which was essentially um, a molehill. But I also had a problem with a lot of my conservative tribe, my friends, my, my family, who were basically trying to justify that statement out of the history curriculum down in Florida that essentially was allowed by Democrats, this is what upset me, to be used, for them to take the moral high ground and say that conservatives were saying that uh, slaves benefited from slavery in certain cases. Of course, that wasn't what the statement said. It was clumsily mm-hmm. um, written. It was unnecessary. It shouldn't have been in there in the first place. They just needed to sort of do a, a reference to Frederick Douglass, and that would have taken care of the whole thing. But my anger was the continued insistence by conservatives and some people who were defending um, Governor DeSantis, who himself wasn't even defending it, but, you know, coming out and basically saying, well, you know, it taught them resilience. It taught them. And I'm like, no, that's a really bad spin here. You just there's no upside to slavery, no matter how you try and distill it. And. If conservatives had simply, and many did, come out and simply say, 
it's wrong. You don't do it. You had Tim Scott out there. Um, you had Byron. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm forgetting his last name, but he's Donald. fabulous out of Florida. Yes, exactly. And you had these great, wonderful African-American um, legislators coming out and saying, eh, you might want to walk that back. And you still had people insisting that it was okay. And that's what annoyed me. So, no, I don't agree with Kamala. And, you know, her, her cackle is worse than Hillary's. But at the same time, there was a kernel of truth in this that we could have saved ourselves a lot of agita if we had just simply said, yeah, that's wrong. Get rid of that sentence. And the rest is fine. So, anyway. <laughs> I digress. just threw that headline on, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to wear sunglasses today. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> have people see me. <sighs> anyway, Lost your shots. You? So um, did you have a good weekend? I forgot to ask. I did. I did. I was in the office both days. I actually had some, um, some, some very um, heavy asylum cases coming up in the next couple of weeks. And uh, so for all of your, your listeners out there, and, and you especially, just uh, say a little bit of a prayer that um, the arc of justice is going to bend toward, the arc of history is going to bend toward justice in the next couple of weeks. Um, but so I was in on Saturday and Sunday doing some work, but I did, uh, I took myself out on a, on my own private date, me and myself, I went to a park restaurant, which I love. And I had some, uh, I had a really great omelet and I pretended I was in Paris and not in Philadelphia nice. where shootings occur. <laughs> and you just walk in front of a Wawa and boom, you're gone. And um, so it was nice. It was relaxing. How yeah, about I you? I thought of you when I saw that Illinois Governor Pritzker, um, there's a, he signed into law a bill that would allow non-U.S. citizens to become police officers with this new law in Illinois. And there's a debate about it. These are not illegally, uh, folks who are illegally here, they have a mm-hmm. right to be here. They're asylum seekers. A lot of them, uh, DACA, um, this is mm-hmm. from the DACA kids who are now grown. But I wondered, I thought of you immediately as an immigration attorney, what you would think about that. Because the law is, and it has been misreported a little bit, I'm going to say, because the law is not about illegals coming, you know, coming across the border and they're like a, Mm -hmm. you know, cartel member. These are folks, a lot of them who have grown up here, but they are, they are non-U.S. citizens but they are asylum seekers and they're on their pathway to citizenship. And because they have such shortages, um, because of the defund the police movement, obviously a lot of people don't want to become a cop. And so they're, they're trying to recruit different individuals. What do you think about that law in Illinois that would say, Hey, as long as you're here legally, even though you're not yet a U.S. citizen, you're on your pathway, you have uh, the proper you know, documentation that says you're allowed to have a job here. What do you think about mm-hmm. that, Christine? You know, it's a, it, it's really, really interesting. Um, I, you know, I've got my immigration lawyer hat on here. I, over the years, over the almost 30 years that I've been doing this, have had a number of clients who are either waiting for their green card, they've filed asylum, or they have some other form of relief that they've filed for, and yet it, it hasn't yet been approved, but who are in the system and they are known by ICE. They have had their fingerprints taken. Um, so we know who they are and where they're living. Uh, they've come to me and they've said, 
they haven't said that they want to necessarily become police officers, but they've wanted to enroll in the military. They've wanted to become members of the armed forces. And unless you are a, um, a green card holder, unless you have your permanent status, you cannot do that. But it always, it, it, it always, I don't know, it was a sort of a, a clarion call for me that there are people who do not yet have the right to fully call themselves um, either citizens or residents of this country who seem to have um, an almost greater appreciation for our national security than some um, Americans do. Now, that being said, it is a little unorthodox to have people who are not let's say 100% legally authorized to be in the United States seeking to um, implement the laws that our legislators have passed. It's just kind of, when you hear it, you say, Oh, you want, you want these people who cross the border illegally. And now how are they ever going to implement the laws? Well, I would ask people to look at it this way. First of all, there has to be a very, very strong background vetting process. If there's even if this person has even jaywalked, they should be completely eliminated from any kind of consideration. There has to be such a clean record that you cannot in, in any way, shape or form challenge their good moral character, their ability, <clears throat> excuse me, to have any kind of moral authority. I think you also have to look again at the, the particular areas that you're talking about that need police um, presence. A lot of immigrants live in those areas that are um, that have the greatest amount of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on Inside Story yesterday, and we talked about Sherelle Parker. And Sherelle, um, well, actually, no, it was last week. And one of the issues that came up was um, why progressives had failed in getting Helen Gim across the finish line. And my comment was that Helen Gim lived, as do many progressives, in these uh, buildings with security guards, and they live on Rittenhouse Square, and they live in Logan Circle, and they live in Society Hill, and they live in these areas of Philadelphia, which are not likely to be areas where you walk out your front door and you get a bullet through your forehead. So they're the ones who, they they just don't understand violence, and yet they're the ones who support Larry Krasner. And progressives' uh, track record on law enforcement issues is an F minus, 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 minus. They are arrogant, and they have absolutely no concern for the safety and the welfare of people who are the most vulnerable. Sherelle Parker does because she comes from one of those neighborhoods that happens to have a high rate of violence. So to get back to the issue of the police officers and the immigration, a lot of those people who would possibly be signing up, you know, registering to become police officers, come from those areas, understand that there is a great deal of violence, lament the lack of police presence. And I do think that in some ways, particularly those who come from very, very dangerous countries like the Central American countries of Honduras and El Salvador, in Guatemala, that they may very well have a very pro-law enforcement orientation. So my answer, I'm all over the place on this, but my answer is I am not um, opposed to this kind of a pilot program to see if we could get people, first of all, they have to be able to speak fluent English, um, even if they're in those neighborhoods where um, 
let's say Spanish is the predominant language, they need to be completely bilingual um, because they need to be able to communicate also with their superiors. So it's not, you can't have someone with poor language skills. This is my old language teacher uh, persona coming out here. And I think, again, you have to have a completely clean record. You have to look at the neighborhoods that are looking for it. I don't necessarily think that someone on Chicago's upper Upper West Sider. Does Chicago have an Upper West Side? <laughs> I think I'm confusing <laughs> it with New York. But like the really, like Highland Park and all of the really, you know, the North Shore people, I don't necessarily think that they're going to need this. But people in the inner city areas, maybe this might be a way to pad out the uh, the police forces. On the other hand, maybe we could just stop the rhetoric and the, the nasty um, attacks on the police, the indigenous police that we mm-hmm. already have, the people out there, and maybe we will have more Americans who are willing to sign up for a job that is incredibly thankless. Yeah. So Illinois, this House Bill three, 3751 uh, will, will no longer require U.S. citizenship as a qualif. This is a first in the nation as a qualification to become a police officer in the state of Illinois. And so it was signed by the governor, goes into effect January 1st of 2024. There was heavy opposition from the GOP and a lot of the FOP prominent police groups. They're concerned about it because if a person is not a citizen, how are they legally authorized, um, for example, to handle a firearm? And so there are some complicating Mm -hmm. factors here, and I don't know how they quite work that out. I just wanted your take on it because I know that there there were some, and I think this is a result at the state level because there were some federal rulings that kind of teed, teed this up, in essence, that said that you could join um, the military or certain hospital, you know, type jobs. And so as, as we look at an American workforce that doesn't really necessarily want these jobs. And yeah, it's, it's a problem. I'm sorry to interrupt you, no, but no. That, the gun issue is a very serious one. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even think of that. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that is uh, an, an issue that we're talking about here. I mean, if you, if you are, um, if you are not a lawful permanent resident or someone, I don't even think you can be, and this is something that I'm not completely familiar with, but um, I don't know if a non-immigrant, meaning someone who's legally here, but doesn't have the green card, they could be here as a student or they could have some other type of lawful status, mm-hmm. but they're not permanently here. I am not sure whether or not they are uh, able to have have a gun. And, you know, here you're coming up against, you've got gun rights um, conflicting. It's like a head-on crash yeah. with uh, the immigration issue, and it's 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 a mess. But guess what, Don? We wouldn't be here if the left hadn't demonized the police. Because the only reason it's the um, it's the Freddie effect from Baltimore, yeah. Freddie Gray. The only reason that we have this happening is because an honorable profession that I have members of my own family who have been police officers and an honorable profession has been slandered and maligned, mostly actually entirely by the left. So um, they have only themselves to blame if we're in this bit of a pickle right now trying to figure out how do we fill in those ranks. Um, But that, you know, now that you mentioned the gun issue, that kind of changes my thinking on this. I don't know how they're going to be able to get around that. And I don't know if they've thought about that. Yeah, I will have to watch this very carefully, you know, as, as this thing unfolds. And I know there's a lot of misinformation about it. 
And so on one hand, it these are folks who are not, they're not illegals in the sense of uh, they are do- they are well documented and they're on the path right. to citizenship. That's different right. to me than somebody who snuck, you know, across and they're here like anonymously and illegally. This is not that. But right. at the same point with the with the federal laws that forbid non-U.S. citizens to serve as law enforcement deputies handle a firearm, it's conflicting with the state law versus the federal law. So I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to you know, pull this off. That, that's crazy, too. I mean, the state and feds are, are butting heads on a number of issues, including um, the legalization of marijuana, because yeah. marijuana is under the Controlled Substances Act. It is a, uh, you know, a prohibited drug. And even in the immigration system, you can get, um, uh, even if you are legally allowed to smoke pot, even, even if it's for the medical cannabis reasons in your particular state, like Pennsylvania or recreational use, like New Jersey, uh, you're coming up against, you're up against federal law. And so if you're an immigrant, you have just violated federal controlled substance law, and that is going to impact your immigration status, whereas the state law says, go ahead, get high, <laughs> do whatever yeah, you want. Right. Um, and so, so, yeah, I mean, they're talking to each other. The yeah. defense and the state legislators, they're at loggerheads on this. I want to get your reaction to this story, you know, on the front, at least the digital edition of this morning's Philadelphia Inquirer, saying that Mayor Jim Kenney um, raised some you know, seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars for this pack, but only spent about sixty thousand to other campaigns, those so-called progressive campaigns. Most of the money went to benefit um, operatives close to him. I don't know, a lot of prosecco, a lot of hotel rooms, a lot of expenses. I just wanted your reaction to that story. Um, Don, you have a family show. <laughs> I can't give you my reaction. To that, oh when we when we go and have our own glass of prosecco and sit down yes. together, I will tell you about. But I mean, you can you can imagine you can imagine. I don't think there's one person in this city, be they on the left or the right or even moderates, who have a good thing to say about um, Jim Kenny, Mayor Kenny. He um, has been an ineffective uh, chief executive. He, those of us down here, I'm, I'm uh, calling, for, I wish I could be in studio with you, but I'm in South Philly right now, a couple of blocks north from the Columbus statue, which is smiling, smirking at everyone because <laughs> he survived. Uh-huh. Um, and so anyone, anyone, anyone who was here during that whole battle yes. has a very bitter taste in their mouth. So it doesn't, but it doesn't surprise me kind of that is the Philadelphia way. You know, you help your own, you, you know, you, uh, you, you rub the hands of those who have rubbed your hand. But I think in the case of, of Kenny, it's particularly egregious and repellent because that, um, it, it just, it, it goes to show you that he has left the building. He, in his second term, he wasn't even mayor. He didn't have any kind of presence in the communities. He was AWOL when there were shootings. I mean, they propped him up for a couple of PR shots on the news and then he was gone. And he just, he just doesn't, he doesn't get it. And, you know, he he heads out whenever he possibly can. He goes down to Maryland for his crab cake. So it just, to me, it 
doesn't, it's not that surprising. And it really, I mean, I don't think it was just uh, that the, the inquirer uh, had a, a problem running this because they knew that no one would be supporting the mayor. I, I don't, I, I don't know who's supporting the mayor at this point. I really don't. I it just, he's, he's a man without a country. Ah, well said. Well, I know that um, you, you are probably not surprised to see the latest numbers of, uh, I just thought of this because you and George Paquetto, when you talk about <clears throat> saving the Columbus statue, were there at the helping to host or MC that event for Vivek Ramaswamy when he was here yeah. locally at the Union League. And then these latest yeah. numbers as he's rising in the polls, I imagine you're not surprised by that at all. I'm not. And and what did you think? Because you were in the audience. I thought he was um, electric. I thought he was incredibly charismatic. I think, you know, first of all, he's he's about 40 years younger than either um, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. So this is this is yeah. someone who wasn't even born when they started their political career. So he's he's 20 some years younger than I am. He but he's He's a self-made man. I mean, a real mm-hmm. self-made man. He, uh, I, I guess he's a billionaire, but he's just, he's so well-spoken. Yeah. And he's managed to sort of avoid the slings and arrows yeah. that have come after um, DeSantis and Pence and, uh, you know, and some of the others who, who are running. It's just, he's very savvy at threading the needle of, distinguishing who he is, yes. and yet at the same time, not coming for Donald Trump. What did you think when you were there? Yeah, I agree. I think he listens, which is fantastic because, you know, he's 37 years young. I think he has an incredibly bright future. And yeah. he's somebody who just has a way with people where he listens, he's respectful. And yet, yeah, to your point, Christine, he shows the respect to to former President Donald J. Trump as well, and and so supports him in his economic policies, doesn't bash him. He doesn't really go for the low little, you know, the low-hanging fruit, if you will. I think, you know, he doesn't go with the slick slogans, just kind of says it like it is, stays in his lane, smart guy. He really is, and the thing, and you made a great point, he is, he shows respect, and that's something that, listen, you, you may not support Donald Trump as a presidential candidate, and, and that's fine. I mean, I, you know, I, I have my issues. The thing is, there, it, it, the, the Republican candidates out there, including, you know, Chris Christie, um, who I can only remember falling out of the chair at WIP. That's like that <laughs> viral moment when he was, I mean, everyone, every Eagles fan was thrilled with that. But there's there's a, a personal animus that you see from him and from so many of the others who have cozied up to a lot of the, the more mainstream, um, liberal-leaning, left-leaning media. And Vivek is... He's his own person. He doesn't need to carry favor with one particular side over the other. And I, I was really impressed by him. And I still am very much impressed by him. And I hope that, you know, what's going to be interesting when he's on the debate stage, because you saw him that night, he's incredibly quick on his feet. Um, I believe he was a member of the debate team at Harvard or you know, yeah. wherever. He is really smart. Donald Trump was able to parry with the best of them, and he was able to make many of the others on the stage look stupid or look silly or look incompetent. He, 
and I don't think Donald's going to be on the stage, but if he were, he wouldn't be able to do that with Vivek because Vivek is incredibly smart. And, um, and I just, I, I think he's great. I think, and also remember, he was the only Republican announced candidate uh, who actually showed up and criticized one of the first two arraignments slash indictments of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. All of the other ones were, were sort of mealy-mouthed about yeah. it, saying, well, you know, I don't think. But you, they were leaving a lot of daylight to come, for somebody to come in and say, well, you know, but there is there are legal grounds for this. Vivek was very clear. Yeah. He said, this is an attack on our democracy. And I really appreciate yeah. the fact that he came out and was clear on that. Yeah, I agree. Christine Flowers, until next time, thank you, my friend. Thank you, darling. I loved it. Maybe next time I'll come in studio. Yes, please. (laughs) Christine Flowers, thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 